I'm happy to have on the show Cassidy DeLine. She's the CEO of Linea Energy. Linea Energy is a clean energy company that's re-envisioning renewables. We were just talking about your first take in executive leadership, and you were conducting a revection workforce and what that ended up leading to. Yeah, I've been in clean energy a long time. So my career in the solar space, and people refer to the space as a solar coaster because it, it is impacted by so many internal and external things. There's a lot of ups and downs, some of which can be foreseen, some of which couldn't be. When I joined Cypress Creek, the last company that I was at, the prior leadership had really grown in a way that was unsustainable. And the moment that I stepped up to that executive leadership, really that, that first morning, I was in the position of overseeing a reduction in workforce, which is not something that you ever want to do. It's, it's, it affects the people that you work with. Both still, you know, from that moment forward, you're focused on rebuilding with those that stay. How do you keep those people, how do you keep those people there when you've just been through that? And I think that was a really, this was so, several years ago now, but I think that was a really pivotal moment for me in terms of thinking about the importance of people, the importance of resiliency, the importance of building linkages and really thinking about retaining people under the hardest circumstances. I think it's also set the tone and the outcome of that is we turned the company around. We built it into a, a very successful company with amazing talent that was sold to EQT. And I am happy to continue to watch their successes. When I left to, to form Linea, there's that background of knowing what both the successes can feel like as well as what the hard moments can feel like. What inspired you to go and start your own company? Good question. And I'm honestly asked this question a lot. And really it came down to having spent a lot of time in the space and seeing an opportunity in a bank, in a blank slate. There's a canvas there and what can you do with it? I had done a lot with other people's canvases, but this is really an opportunity to shape something from the very beginning from people, processes, culture. And that's really exciting. I, I also think that I was lucky in, in having an incredible capital partner in NTAP, who's really been part of this from the beginning. Now, I'm sure the experience of having to completely rearrange a workforce served you well when having to hire your first workforce. Exactly. Yeah. So what did that process look like finding the talent in the early days? Yeah. Finding talent is such an interesting thing. Like, how do you tell? And there's some people where, you know, instantly, and there's other people where you have to take a bit. And the MySpace, the clean energy space, free IRA or the Inflation Reduction Act, but most acutely post IRA is really talent constrained. For college kids, go into renewable development. We need talent and there's a lot of upward trajectory, but it is talent scarce. So recruiting for a startup in that environment was certainly hard. I think that we're six months into the company now. It's really nice because we're starting to get a, in this environment, a bunch of people seeking us out. What we're saying is resonating. And that's really about not necessarily the economic pitch we're making to candidates, but it's about the, it's the learning. It's how we're going to invest in them beyond finances. And I think of 
Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you're just speaking to a candidate's financial kind of negotiation, I think you've already lost there because it's zero-sum game and you have to go deeper into that hierarchy of needs. What are some of these bigger, what are some of the biggest opportunities you're seeing now in the clean energy space today and maybe what's coming in a few years for these college we were speaking to earlier? Yeah, it's, I think this is on our website, but I think that clean energy development is one of the best jobs you can have for someone who's intellectually curious because one day you may be dealing with wetlands. The next day, you may be dealing with an endangered species on a site. And the next day, you may be dealing with federal policy or U.S.-China relations. It is impacted by so many different things that you really never stop learning, which is certainly why I'm still here and why I still love what I do. And then I think that what is the most exciting right now is that we have an incredible challenge that we as an industry need to accomplish. There are these targets to be carbon neutral by 2050. That implies that the electricity sector is carbon neutral by 2040. 2040 is only 17 years away, which I understand sounds like a long time. But when you're developing a wind project that could take 10 years from inception to completion, that's not that long. What that implies is that all of that is going to happen which is a massive acceleration. It is a 10x acceleration of what we've done in the industry year on year in terms of what we need to do to get there. That's going to happen because of people in the workforce now and because of people joining the workforce shortly. And it's a, I think it is a generate once in a generation moment to really drive change. Yeah, I agree with you. It really is. There's so much opportunity for people to get into energy. There's just so much that needs to be done in such a short period of time. What is, what would you say is like one of your favorite books or media materials that, that you do? You can tell you're a lifelong learner. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite book is maybe an esoteric one. It is, uh, now I'm going to have to, so it's Nan's Search for Meaning by, by Victor Frankl. And it's really a cornerstone of how I approach life, both in terms of big picture and as well as just sorting through small moments. Victor Frankl was a psychiatrist who, a U.S. psychiatrist who was put in the concentration camps during World War II. And while he was there, he actually wrote this book. And it is a, you know, academic observation of how people got through such a horrible experience. This kind of comes back to my previous calling around Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it's meaning. It's, it's not necessarily people that scratch out the most food for themselves. It was people that found meaning despite the circumstances that they were in. There's a particular quote from that in apologies. I'm still getting over it cold here. So I got that of a scratchy voice, but there, there's a particular quote that I love from that book, which is there's a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, we find our freedom. It's a great quote. It's, it helps you put things in perspective, right? When somebody can survive something like that, and it's waking up every day and being like, it's not that bad. What's the worst that can really happen today? Exactly. Exactly. And when you're on the solar coaster or the wind coaster or what, whatever it may be, sometimes you need that perspective. So if you had to look 100 years in the future, what do you think the world's going to look like? I certainly hope we, we achieve these targets. I think that there's a lot of momentum, both at the international level as well as the 
as well as the domestic level. That said, there's things that are challenging. We're in an inflationary environment right now. We, there's really challenging ge geopolitical factors at play that, that limit access to or materials. And, you know, what I would hope I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to respond to that with an optimistic lean. I would hope that our need to address climate change forces, and I think also our need to address AI in, in a sustainable manner. You know, I think that those are going to be two major themes over the next certainly 20 years, but also likely 100 year period starts to drop more for international collaboration than we've seen over certainly the last 20 years. Yeah, hopefully those two things can work in sequence. Yeah. Cassidy, if our listeners wanted to learn more about your company or get in touch with you, how could they? Yeah, go to our website, lineaenergy.com. You can reach out to us there. We're looking for smart young people who want to continue to learn. It's been a pleasure to be here today and certainly come find us. Thank you, Cassidy, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Cosmic Web Design and Development, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.